What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the big-name free agents that have moved in the NHL, and also some of the trades that the Buffalo Sabres have made in the past week. So if you're ready, let's kick the show off. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, we're going to kick off this show as we always do with some top stories from around sports. In the NBA, Kevin Durant is set to sign with the Brooklyn Nets for a four-year, $164 million max deal. Kevin Durant opted not to sign his player option with the Golden State Warriors. Also going to the Brooklyn Nets is Kyrie Irving as he's going to join Kevin Durant He signs a four-year deal worth $142 million. Even though the Warriors did lose Kevin Durant, they did land all-star guard D'Angelo Russell in a sign-and-trade with the Brooklyn Nets. Russell will receive a four-year $117 million contract. It is already being said, however, that Russell will most likely be traded as he doesn't appear to fit the plans for the Golden State Warriors. Moving on to sad news out of Major League Baseball, as the Los Angeles Angels announced that pitcher Tyler Skaggs was found dead by police in his hotel room in Texas. Police have stated that the investigations are ongoing, but no foul play was suspected. Tyler Skaggs was just 27 years old. Moving on to the NHL, as the NHL free agency period opened up, and with that, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Colorado Avalanche make a blockbuster trade. Toronto trades away center Nazem Kadri, defenseman Cal Rosen, and a third-round pick in 2020 in exchange for defenseman Tyson Berry, forward Alex Kerfoot, and a 2020 sixth-round pick. It was being rumored that the Buffalo Sabres did have a little bit of interest in Nazem Kadri, uh, but I just don't think that the Sabres had the pieces to be able to get that done with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, some big-name players move around in the NHL as Artemi Panarin signs with the New York Rangers for seven years, $81.5 million or $11.6 per year. It is being said that Panarin has left some money on the table to go and play in a big city like New York. Other free agents that have signed... Matt Duchesne goes to Nashville on a seven-year, $56 million deal. $28 million of that is signing bonus for Duchesne. Also, another big name on the move, Sergei Bobrovsky, 
uh, heads to Florida on a seven-year, $70 million deal. That is the second largest deal for a goaltender in the NHL. That's going to do it for Top Stories this week. Stick around as I'm going to talk about some of the top free agents still available in the NHL and also some of the moves that the Buffalo Sabres have made in the last week. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, so welcome back to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. Let's jump right into things. As I mentioned in the top stories, there were some big names that were moved around in the NHL, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, NHL free agency frenzy that, that happened on July 1st, as it always does. The biggest name, the biggest fish in this year's free agency was, of course, the bread man, Artemi Panarin. Now, Panarin supposedly has turned down, had turned down, an eight-year, $12.5 million per year offer from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who came through with that late on uh, late in June, I believe on June 30th, late at night, right before the free agency period opened up. Of course, Panarin had his heart set on going to a big city, and he had stated so uh, that of his intentions many times through the year, and He signs with the New York Rangers for seven years at $81.5 million or $11.6 million per year. Now, some people are going to say, man, he is really overpaid. But as the salary cap continues to climb and Panarin's stats continue to climb, I don't really think that's too much of an overpayment. Now, he this past year, he had 28 goals, 57 assists for 87 points. My goodness, he'll be 28 at the start of next season. And he is right in his prime, people. Right in his prime. And I think the Rangers got themselves an absolute stud on the wing in Artemi Panarin. He is the of this generation who we are starting to see that it's not the centermen who are driving the wing and driving the play. It is starting to be the wingers who can drive the play from their position on the wing. And Artemi Panarin is certainly one of those. Another big, big, big name out there. Uh, The biggest goalie name out there was, of course, Sergei Bobrovsky. Now, this is, to me, is an absolute insane overpayment. For Bobrovsky, he has a .919 career save percentage. He's played the last, I believe, seven years in Columbus. He turns 31 at the start of the 2019-2020 season, and he signs a seven-year, $70 million. Yes, seven years for $70 million to the Florida Panthers. And he uh, comes off of a season where he had a goals against average of 2.58 and a save percentage of a .913. This is the second largest goalie contract in the NHL right now behind Carey Price and that insane price tag of $10.5 million. Now, again, I think that is a very big overpayment, but on July 1st, it seems like uh, at, at least as of late, that you really have to overpay to get guys to come to your team. There's a lot of bids on players, 
and obviously the player goes well in a lot most cases to the highest bidder of course Panarin is kind of the exception in this one as he just wanted to go to a big city team and of course he does again he goes to the New York Rangers it was also said that the New York Islanders had a very big push for Panarin um, they were in contract talks trying to offer him seven years in between 12 and 13 million dollars per year but I think that he chose the New York Rangers uh, because of the fact that he'll be in Manhattan and he'll be, you know, around it all, the nightlife and everything like that. Some players like that more than other players. Some players just want to win. It seems like Artemi Panarin, not only did he want to get paid, but he wanted to go to a very big city and be on the main stage. And that's exactly what he did. The Islanders have, I won't say, I wouldn't say had their fallback plan, but, uh, Anders Lee sat out there pretty much the entirety of July 1st. No one else uh, was really wanted to take a chance um, on the winger from the Islanders. And, and Anders Lee ends up re-signing with the New York Islanders. He said it all along that he wanted to go back to the Islanders. He thinks that they have a very good team there. He wants to play with Barzell. And he was the captain. Were they going to lose captains in back-to-back years? in free agency, and the Islanders decided no, that they're not going to lose their captain in back-to-back years. They signed him for seven years, $49 million or $7 million per year. The New York Islanders also made a move away from Vesna Trophy finalist Robin Leonard and signed Semyon Varlamov to a four-year $20 million deal. Now, I believe Varlamov is older, um, and coming off of a lesser season than Robin Leonard. But as you know, Leonard has had trouble, at least in Buffalo, he had trouble getting a hold of his substance abuse problem. He was having mental health problems. And uh, it seemed like the Islanders didn't want to give him more than roughly two years at $5 million per year. Uh, Robin Leonard put out a statement saying that, that the term and the money was a little off from the Islanders and the Islanders basically gave him an ultimatum and he said I need to think about it for a few days when Robin Leonard came back to the table the Islanders had already moved on and had already signed Semyon Varlamov which to me is kind of I don't want to say trashy but it's 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 not good it's it's not a good look for the organization if they did, if they wanted to cut ties with Leonard, I think they should have just cut ties with Leonard. I don't think they should have really offered him a contract if they really wanted to go after somebody like uh, uh, Varlamov. I think that they actually did have bids on Sergei Bobrovsky, but I think that the seven-year, seventy million was a little bit too rich for them. And of course, it should be because that is a crazy contract to sign for a thirty-one-year-old goaltender. But uh, they get, I mean, a guy who's it's a lateral move, I suppose, I guess, without all the baggage of the Robin Leonard. Um, Leonard, this was his best season of his career. He had a decent season in Buffalo, posting a .920 save percentage the two years ago, I believe, in Buffalo. And then the next year in Buffalo, it just the wheels fell off his game, and he looked absolutely terrible. I don't know if he stopped a penalty shot all year long. I'm not sure if he stopped a breakaway all year long. He just, he was having a lot of trouble off the ice in Buffalo, and he got kind of resurrected 
with the New York Islanders. And then he went on and signed a one-year contract for $5 million with the Chicago Blackhawks. He is going to be, it looks like he's going to be their backup in Chicago over there. Another big name that is on the move that uh, I think Sabres fans really wanted to be in on the bidding for this gentleman as we have a massive need at the number two center position is Matt Duchesne. Duchesne signs with Nashville, so the rumors were true. They were clearing up cap, sp- or cap space to make a run at Matt Duchesne. And Duchesne signs for seven years at $56 million. The big news in this tra- or in this signing is that $28 million of that salary is signing bonus. My goodness, that is a ton of money for a signing bonus. But not a lot of money as far as you would think that he might get on the open market. $8 million a year for the annual average value, that's that's not that much. People thought that that you know he really might be somewhere in the nine to ten, uh, you know, ten and a half million dollar per year range, and Nashville gets him for seven years at fifty-six million, and it might be that twenty-eight million dollar signing bonus, which means all of that money is fully guaranteed. He's going to get all that money at the beginning of uh, every single year. I think it's there was a breakdown of it uh, on Twitter. One of the the NHL columnists had a breakdown on Twitter of how much he's going to get paid every single year on the signing bonus, and then how much his salary is going to be. Matthew Shane comes off his best season of seventy points overall between Ottawa and Columbus, including a career high of thirty one goals. Now, of course, I thought that this was going to be a situation where the Buffalo Sabres didn't have the cap space to really make a big, big splash, at least this year in free agency. I kind of figured that they wouldn't. Um, Another name that I threw out there, I think last week, maybe the week before, was uh, Gustav Nyquist. I said that maybe if we sign, you know, Ryan Dezingle and Gustav Nyquist, uh, to be on our second line, there's two top six forwards right there that could round out your your team, and that might be able to be able to propel you into being able to make the playoffs for the first time in I think it's eight or nine years. But that's not to be as Nyquist signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it's about the term that I said it would be. It's uh, I said it was what three to five years at about five million dollars a year. It was four years at $22 million uh, overall or $5.5 million per year, which I don't think was too, it shouldn't have been too rich for the Buffalo Sabres. He's coming off of uh, a 60-point season and he's coming off of a 60-point season and he will turn 30 at the beginning of this upcoming season. I think that four years is very reasonable. I don't think that Nyquist is a guy that's going to slow down or at least slow down a considerable amount. And I don't think that if the Sabres signed him, we would have got burned like we got burned with the Matt Molson contract, with the Kyle Ocposo contract, and with the Billy Lano contract. I don't think Nyquist is, would have been in that group. I think he would have been a solid top six uh, forward for at least three of those four years, giving you somewhere between 45 and 55 points, potentially for those for at least three out of those four years and you just kind of eat the fourth year and you know let him walk at the end of the fourth year there but I think the Sabres really missed out on that one 
the good news for the Sabres is uh, if they really are having trouble making a trade, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, there are still some free agents out there that the Sabres could potentially go and get. That could bolster their team a little bit. And one of the, the free agents out there still, while I'm recording this podcast uh, today, Tuesday uh, the 2nd, is one of them is Ryan Dezingle, who, again, I said the Sabres should go after and be their potentially second-line center at least for, you know, two, three years, maybe trade him after that, something like that. But he comes off career highs in goals and points. He had 26 goals and 56 points. Again, it looks like teams are kind of weary looking at some of the advanced uh, analytics for a Dezingle. And, you know, maybe no one's offering him the type of money that he thought he might get. He struggled down the the line a little bit or at the end of the season when he did get traded to Columbus. He had a little bit of trouble fitting in there. But again, I still think that he could slot in for the Buffalo Sabres and be a second-line center maybe for two years. Maybe if we could sign him to a three-year deal to at you know, whatever, $5 million a year. He could be that second-line center, and he could give Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat those extra few years to kind of develop and not have to put so much of that weight on their shoulders. Speaking of Dylan Cousins, unfortunate news out of Buffalo. Uh, as Cousins, as you know, probably know by now, Dylan Cousins is going to have to have surgery on his thumb as he was hit in the Prospects Challenge game. Just after scoring his first and only point of the Prospects Challenge, uh, he was hip-checked um, by Brandon Hickey, I think. Um, falls down awkwardly, hits his, uh, breaks his thumb. Uh, initial reports were saying that the thumb injury wasn't going to be so bad. He said it himself. He doesn't believe that it was a bad injury, but it's coming out now that he's going to have, his, have, to have his thumb surgically repaired, and there is no timetable on him returning uh, this season so far for the Buffalo Sabres, uh, and they were, and that's pretty big news, considering the Sabres may have been looking for him to jump right in and and uh, be a contributor this year, as a lot of uh, scouts were saying that he is one of the most NHL ready guys to step in this year in this draft. Some of the other names that are still left out there on the free agent market are Marcus Johansson, who had 30 points in 58 games um, this past season. And a lot of people in Buffalo seem like they're really high on Marcus Johansson. And I think now, especially after the trade that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, I don't think there's room on the team for a player uh, like a Johansson. We have enough bottom six. We really do. We have so many bottom six forwards that I don't think that we we have room for another bottom six forward uh, on this team right now. Uh, and I, I just, I, I don't think he would be worth signing to any sort of contract. And another free agent that is out there that has been thrown around a little bit that the Sabres might be interested in going after is Michael Furland. And you know what? This one I'm interested in. I'm interested in this one because he's a big body. He plays physical, something the Sabres don't have a lot of, but he can also be a contributor. He had 17 points, or 17 goals, I'm sorry, and 40 points in 71 games for the Carolina Hurricanes, and he is yet to be unsigned. 
which could be good news for the Buffalo Sabres as they might be able to get him on the cheap. Do I think he's a top six forward? No. Do I think the Sabres have potential other top six forwards on the team? Maybe. Maybe. Did they make a trade for a guy who could potentially be a top six forward? Maybe. Um, but I think if you are going to add even any more guys that could be maybe a top nine forward, uh, Michael Furland is somebody that you should go look at. Again, he adds something to your team that you don't have a lot of, and that is physicality to go along with uh, him being able to give you some secondary scoring. Now, we talk about making the Sabres better, and the Sabres... 100% made themselves better with at least one of the two moves that they made in this past week. There were a lot of talks about how the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights needed to shed salary cap, and boy oh boy did Jason Botterill redeem himself a little bit with this trade. He, I think he absolutely fleeced the Golden Knights with this trade. It just a very good trade by Jason Botterill, taking advantage of the fact that the Golden Knights have salary cap problems. He goes out and acquires right-handed defenseman Colin Miller in exchange for a 2021 second-round pick and a fifth-round pick in 2022. That's it. That's all the Sabres gave up to get Colin Miller, who had a... uh, kind of a down year this past year. He had three goals, 26 assists for 29 points, and he was dead even this past year. And in, But he came off two years ago. He had a career year. He had 10 points, 31 assists for 41 points. He was a negative four, and he was uh, one of the more inter- instrumental guys in helping the Vegas Golden Knights get to the Stanley Cup final. My goodness, again, just a fantastic trade by... Botterill, I think that, here's what I think though. I think this move was made because they're shopping Ristolainen. I really do. Because now the Sabres have too many right-handed defensemen. Here's the list of the the right-handed guys that the Sabres have, or at least a few of them. Ristolainen, Colin Miller, Brandon Montour, Casey Nelson, Zach Bogosian. Now Zach Bogosian is out right now because he is hurt, of course, he's going to be out at least for a few months and he is hurt regularly and he is only on the uh, Sabres until the end of this season and then his contract comes off the books. Whether or not they want to re-sign him, I really don't think the Sabres will. Casey Nelson has played well this past season when he has gotten an opportunity, in my opinion, except for that whole uh, Eichel tobacco, which I was very passionate about on another podcast episode, but uh, now you have Risto, now you have Miller, now you have Montour. You have three right-handed defensemen that could all play in your top four. Which one is the odd man out? Or maybe which one switches over and plays, uh, you know, on the other side? You know, maybe two of these guys play together. Um, maybe there is no thought of getting Miller so that they could trade Risto, but Miller also is on the Sabres. Here's the here's the biggest thing for the, the trade for Colin Miller. He has three years left on his deal at a very, very, very cap-friendly $3.875 million a year. That is an awesome cap hit 
for a guy who still has three years left on his deal. And he is a top four defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres. Do I think the Sabres have two, a legitimate top two pairing on this team right now? No, I don't think that anyone can, that you really are going to slot in beside uh, Rasmus Dahlin is going to be anywhere near a top pair defenseman. But I think that this definitely gives the Sabres an option. Botterill also already said that he doesn't think that he's going to be able to help the forward group through free agency and that it will most likely come through trades. And this move really opens up the, uh, the opportunity now, without losing much, to really uh, trade Ristolainen in a package deal and potentially get their their uh, second line center. Now, here is a question I want to pose to everybody. Maybe, I don't want to say maybe this is a pipe dream. I think this is absolutely a pipe dream. But somebody that I would really want to try to go after is Tyler Johnson from the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is right now their third line center behind Steven Stamkos and Braden Point. Now, Tyler Johnson is a very accomplished player in the NHL. He signed a seven-year, $5 million per year contract just two years ago, and he's coming off of a season where he netted 29 goals. He had 29 goals and 18 assists in 80 games this past season. Seasons, I'll go over his points. He had first full season, he had 50 points. Second full season, he had 72 points in 77 games. And then he had 38 points in 69, 45 points in 66, 50 points in 81, and 47 in 80. He is, I think, exactly the type of player that you should be looking for to be your second line center. Now, again, the only question, the only question, there's a couple questions. I wouldn't say the only question is, there's a couple questions to this. One of the questions is, how close do you think Casey Middlestad is to possibly becoming a second-line center? How close do you think Dylan Cousins is to possibly making the NHL team? And do you think that you can offer Tampa Bay enough to be able to land Tyler Johnson away from them? There's also another hurdle in trying to get somebody or trying to get Tyler Johnson as he has a full no-trade clause for at least the next three years, I believe it is. Um, do you think that he could, you know, you could get him to waive his his no-trade clause to come to Buffalo? Honestly, that's a really hard sell. That is a really, really hard sell right now. Um, Tampa Bay is just, they're coming off of one of the best seasons in franchise history, regular seasons in franchise history, of course. That absolute debacle to uh, the... Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round as they got completely swept out of the first round, but I don't know if a player like him would really want to leave a situation like that, but I think one of the things that you could sell to him on coming to Buffalo is that he will have a bigger role. He'll have a much bigger role in Buffalo than he does right now in Tampa Bay, and maybe he can get himself back up to that 72-point-ish uh, area, even if he doesn't, even if he gets to 50, 55 points, that would be spectacular as he's hit 50 points two separate times, uh, aside from the 72 point season. I think that again, I just, 
he would be the perfect, perfect person, I think, to slot right in as your second-line center, uh, in between maybe Victor Olofsson and, you know, whoever else you want to throw on the right wing, maybe Connor Sherry, maybe, uh, you know, Jimmy VC. if you think that VC can can play on the right wing, somebody like that. Again, I'm not sure as far as that goes, but I that is somebody that I would absolutely 100% want to target if I was looking to trade Ristolainen in, in some sort of package deal. Uh, the Sabres did make a little bit of a splash um, on free agency day, just before free agency opened. As the rumors were true, the Sabres were kicking the tires on Jimmy VC as the New York Rangers needed to clear up some cap space and open up a spot for Artemi Panarin to come in. And the Sabres trade a third round pick for, I believe it's a third round pick in 2021 for Jimmy VC. Now this past year, VC had 17 goals, 18 assists for 35 points. All of those uh, 17 goals ties his career high, but 18 assists and 35 points are career highs for him. He was a former Hobie Baker winner, uh, a very coveted uh, free agent coming out of college as he didn't want to sign with the Nashville Predators, who are the ones who drafted him. Of course, the Sabres had a very miserable year, I believe in 2016 it was, when they traded for the rights of Jimmy VC. They traded the third round pick for the rights, the exclusive rights to negotiate. VZ has said that he had nothing but complimentary things to say about the Sabres pitch and the organization, but he had his heart set on going into uh, unrestricted free agency, and he wanted to test the waters, and he ultimately chose to go to the New York Rangers uh, and play there for a few seasons. Now, I I didn't want to necessarily bring in a guy who chose another team over the Buffalo Sabres, especially a guy with one year left on his contract, because then you just basically traded another third-round pick away to get a guy who's going to play for maybe one season with your team, depending on what your team does and depending on how he does maybe, and then he's going to walk away a second time. It's just, it's kind of a headache. It's, does it help the team? Honestly, probably a little bit, yeah. I would say it helps the team a little bit, at least in terms of goals, in terms of size. The Sabres need to get a little bit bigger, I thought. Um, VZ is six foot three and he scores a lot of his goals right in front of the net, but he's not a guy that the Sabres, that's, that Sabres fans want. Maybe Sabres fans come around and they start accepting VZ. I think that I wouldn't, I don't want to say I don't like this trade because it is a good hockey trade for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm not personally a fan of VZ, especially after that whole thing went down. Maybe he can win me over if he scores, 20 goals and 40 points or 20 goals and 35 points. Um, I think I would, I think that would be enough to win me over. I would also want him to sign back in Buffalo if he was able to have a season like that. Now, Botterill has gone on record saying he thinks VZ is a top nine forward, which means I think that the plan might be to put him up onto a wing on the first and or second line and give him a little bit more of a responsibility. I don't. I don't. Not at all. 
I don't think BZ is a top six forward. I think he is a perfect third liner. He is a solid depth scorer. But if Botterill thinks that this is the kind of move that's going to get you to the playoffs, I think he is sadly mistaken. The Sabres still have a massive hole at second line center. And that's not something that's going away anytime soon. That's not something that the Sabres can can put off if they want to be at all competitive this year. That's something that needs to be addressed before the start of this this upcoming season. I wrote down some lines here. Now, of course, these lines can be vastly different. Uh, I got Eichel, Skinner, and Reinhardt on the first line. I got Middlestat, Olofsson, and I don't know, maybe Sherry on the second line. Uh, I got Roostalainen. Um, and maybe Rodriguez or Thompson um, on one wing and Jimmy Vesey on the other. And then I got Larson, Gergensen, Zanak Poso as your fourth line. Your defense is uh, Darlene Miller, uh, Darlene and Colin Miller, uh, Ristolainen and Montour, and, McC- and Jake McCabe and Casey Nelson. Now the defense, if it stays like that, I actually think it's a really solid defense. And I think that that is a playoff caliber defense. But your your forwards after Eichel, Skinner, and Reinhardt are still, and maybe Victor Olofsson. I want to throw Victor Olofsson in there because I I really do believe that Olofsson is ready for a top six role. And I think that he is going, if if he makes the team, he should make the team. If he makes the team, he's going to have a 20-goal year. I really believe that. You just watch his shot. You watch his confidence. When he came to the Buffalo Sabres last year, he did not look out of place at all. At all. He looked so comfortable playing on a wing with Eichel. In with Skinner also, he just he looks ready. He's ready to have a, a, a great year, and he might even be in the Calder um, the Calder Trophy discussion if he comes in and has the year that I really do think he's going to have this year um, for the Buffalo Sabers. But that's all I have for you this week. I want to say thank you again for listening to me. Remember to tell your friends and family, especially if you like what you're hearing. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716 to get any news and notes about the show. And when I release shows on a weekly basis, it'll get released right there also. Uh, If you need any news about the NHL, the NBA, um, University at Buffalo Basketball, anything like that, I also post a bunch of stuff like that on Twitter. I just want to say thank you guys again for listening, and you guys have a good week.